0: You know, you know, Nick. You know anyone who's trying to spread the good name of God? You just got a problem with. I can't wait to hear about what good old are you
1: Are you mentioning like? Are you going back to what Christmas shoes and other times where it's <laughs> Christmas shoes?
0: One of one of America's. Like, most, most heart-pulling, string-pulling, like, one of the greatest no, 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 song, no, actually, Christmas songs Christmas ever he, created. Here's, uh, how,
1: here's how I want to get into this, and I want to speak honestly. I feel bad for Christians who have to put up with Christian music. And I say this because I feel like Christians, more so than a lot of other people, have to put up with a lot of crap, because like crappy music, because they align with the message and so they seem more inclined to forgive the quality of the music and there's this weird tug of war where they're like well it's spreading the word of Jesus so I support it in that sense and I guess and then they just have to swallow the pill of whatever nonsense the actual music contains so I empathize with Christian music listeners
0: in that sense. Nick I thought you empathized with them because Satanists have to deal with death metal and you can't that's pretty shitty music too. Oh that shit slaps (laughs) what are you talking about?
1: Um, But It's especially true with the artists that we are discussing on this week's episode of The Song Topsy Report, where we dissect bad, bizarre, or otherwise noteworthy music to figure out how it died. I'm your host,
2: Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm coming to you straight from mega church in south texas steve trollinger
1: steve that is entirely not true you have been here in the exact same the bedroom news. recording for the past several episodes we've been in
2: quarantine here to spread the great the great news of jesus christ while you uh line my pockets with money
1: ah okay good good ooh 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 zing zing okay. steve you got him uh yes if it is your first time listening to the podcast thank you so much for uh tuning in uh uh, this week, we're discussing an artist who Steve and I kind of found independently that we wanted to cover. I personally wanted to have this artist be kind of an Easter special that we did, but we missed that time. So now seems as good a time as any to discuss Car Man.
2: So now Easter comes again.
0: Oh, nice, Steve.
2: <laughs> it rises up from the ashes like a great, powerful phoenix. <laughs> but less pagany
0: <laughs> less Pagan-y, okay <laughs> see I'm fighting so many
1: instincts on this episode and I want to I hope you appreciate it. I just want you to know that
2: okay so so uh, Nick and I are gonna kind of like do tag team a little bit in this episode because like he said we we both came to this in in separate ways. Um, I do want to say upfront I'm and I'm I'm not sure if I speak for all of my guest hosts but um for all of my hosts rather uh but I just want to say up front I do not wish, to mock the ability of anyone to find comfort and moral purpose by finding, having, or rediscovering their faith. I believe that faith can work wonders, and it often goes hand-in-hand hand with hope, and anyone who hears the words of uh, Jesus and is inspired to devote themselves to serving their fellow man regardless of other people's religious persuasion, they're all right by me. But must <laughs> they be so unbelievably goofy while doing this? <laughs> That is the question we are here to answer, because there must for certain be a middle ground between goofy and politically toxic that most people of faith must tread on a daily basis. It's a
1: fine, fine uh, thread that so many people can't seem to get through that needle. Um, But yes, today we are discussing an artist named Car... I guess it's Carmen, but I feel like Carman is the only way because it's spelled C A R M A N. He's the most. He's he was the one Avenger that was rejected. Carman faster uh, than a V eight engine,
2: <laughs> less powerful than a locomotive.
1: Uh, we were discussing Carman and probably his most popular song, "The Champion." Now I feel like. Apparently, this guy was massive at one point. I have never heard of him until I stumbled upon him in an article. But Uh, then again, in America, especially in the 80s, it was possible to live in very disparate worlds. There was a very—you could literally be in a bubble of evangelicalism in so many areas of this country and be aware of so many— musical artists and superstars that only you were aware of and then there was like a secular america that was totally separate because apparently so many like youth groups and churches have performed reenactments of the song you're about to listen to so many people know carman (sighs) carman and his musical output and i was i totally missed the boat on this so
2: Uh, what you're saying is there's a separation of church and secularism Something like that, something like that. If only that was codified
1: anywhere. <laughs> but also to call this a song, I feel like is an insult to songs because it's an instrumental track where a Vegas want-to-be middle-aged, very white guy kind of speak talks edgily. Did you call over it, like, it
2: kind of a kind
0: of white guy?
2: <laughs> no, the the kind of was if you look at it, if you diagram the sentence, Michael. The kind of was part of the uh, subject, not part of the predicate. Okay, okay, <laughs> great, you, great. Thank you,
0: Steve. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, he's kind of a white guy. But okay, all right. So <laughs> He's pretty fly, kind of white guy. So I
1: suppose we should hear, you, for you, the listener, we're going to play just a little bit of it, just so you can get a sense of what you're in for, because also this song is nine minutes long. Nine minutes <laughs> of a guy oh. talking over a faux-bombastic 80s pop rock track. But here's a little bit of how the song starts. I'm
0: excited. I'm excited.
3: In the vast expanse of a timeless place where silence ruled the outer space, ominously towering, it stood, the symbol of a spirit war between the one named Lucifer and the Morning Star, the ultimate
2: of good. So, uh, I already have theological problems with this. Not even getting into, like, if it's good or not. Just, I do as well, Steve. Um, so, so he separate. Okay, sorry, go ahead, Nick. Well, first
1: uh, off, I was going to say to the listeners, now, if you have never heard the song The Champion, you might not know what to expect, but... If you ever thought in your wildest dreams it was going to be describing a boxing match that takes place in, I think, outer space between Jesus and Satan, then you would actually be 100% right. Because that is what the song (laughs) The Champion is all
2: about. Uh, Yeah, that's exactly what we're we're talking about today. Um, And that altogether as its own concept doesn't, like, it doesn't sound bad. Like, that sounds like in the right hands that particular imagery could be very um it could be very fun and exciting like i think uh, years ago i forget what director it was but they were supposed to make an adaptation of paradise lost yes it was oh the sa- the s- alex proyas who, was supposed to work yeah, on it the guy who, directed who did dark, dark city. city yes yeah he was for years it was in production and like i saw some of the pre-production artwork and i was like this is going to be this would have been a gorgeous like majest- you know majestic tapestry of a film and it was going to feature you know, the events of Paradise Lost, the fall of Lucifer and the a war between the angels, and it was going to be kick-ass. This is not that. This guy does not have that gift. This
1: is this, <laughs> is, like a Rocky, this is like a Rocky sequel equivalent of that story.
0: This is I, like Rocky 8 with Jesus. Oh, my God. I would love to see that, though. I really would. Who is Jesus' best friend? You know, I know he had the 12 disciples, but, like, uh, one of them was his real close buddy. Was it Peter? Humanity right answer steve there are there are there are there are
2: depending on a, a number of different things there there's the the apostle known collectively as john who's probably more than one person but um who is often referred to as the beloved apostle um so like he's usually like at the right hand of jesus he's usually like the guy who understands everything Jesus is trying to say and never has a problem with it.
0: So he would have been—he would have been the guy with the with the box cutter cutting open. He, he would have been, the the been Mickey. Yeah, he yeah, would have been Mickey. Cut yeah.
2: come <laughs> me, come <laughs> me, John, come <laughs> me. Your eyes are swollen, Jesus. I can't do it. Gotta throw in the towel.
1: No, come <laughs> me, come me, <laughs> John, come me. <laughs> I can do it. Blasphemy. <laughs> When he throws in the towel, it's just
2: like the Shroud of Turin. You can see his face kind of on it.
0: Mary Magdalene!
2: (laughs) Oh, that sounded like it definitely clipped. Um, So a little bit of background. Uh, Car Man, as I call him, uh, was born Carmelo Dominic Licciadello. Um, He is a contemporary Christian singer-songwriter, TV host, and evangelist, if you can believe it, Um, who uh, became born again after attending a concert featuring Andre Crouch. Uh, And Andre Andre Crouch is actually a a gospel singer-songwriter. He was referred to as the father of modern gospel music and a person I wish we could talk about, but we can't because he's good at his job. Um, (laughs) He worked with Stevie Wonder and Chaka Khan. He was covered by Bob Dylan and Little Richard. He produced Man in the Mirror and Like a Prayer. His musical arrangements were featured in The Color Purple and The Lion King. And he was known for expertly blending contemporary secular music with gospel music. So basically that middle ground I mentioned, this guy found it and was really good at it. Oh wow. But okay. But this is so that's what inspired Carman. And I want to know how you are inspired to renew your faith by someone like Andre Crouch and his music, but then process it into music like this. It would be like if Barney Fife had to write a book report on the works of Montesquieu. Like it'll come out with all the points, major points intact, but it's gonna lack the same kind of rhetorical flourish.
1: But it did not stop him from being insanely successful. Like I said, I could, I had trouble believing I'd never heard of Car Carman because he has received fifteen gold and platinum albums, and the videos he sold have have uh, counted to over ten million. Um, And he apparently also has the world record for the largest single Christian concert in history. Apparently, in 1993, there was this giant Christian concert in Johannesburg, South Africa, with more than 50,000 people in attendance.
2: Yeah, lest anyone accuse us of punching down or being unfair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yo, when you're sending to people's souls, Nick, you know... But what can you expect? Yeah, it's this a whole different, was, whole different level of music here.
2: Mike, Mike, you'll like this. He was also right before a concert. He got into a car accident. Like he, his car was hit by another car in the concert parking lot, and like it hit his side, like the driver's side of the car. And he walked away from the accident and went to go still perform the concert, which he then proceeded to collapse in the middle of. <laughs> don't, don't keep and, clapping. And yeah. from that
1: day forward, Steve, he became car man. Car right.
2: man. That was his origin story.
1: <laughs> now, uh, Steve and Mike, you might have trouble believing this, but I have a somewhat cynical outlook on Carman. However, oh, oh, you, you think? <laughs> believe it or not. However, <laughs> I want to temper this with so his height was in I would say the mid eighties through the mid nineties. Um, he's still he's still around. Like he still is releasing music. I think his last album came out in like twenty fourteen. Um, he's been having some health issues recently, and I also want to make sure that the audience is aware of that mostly just so i can temper some of the things that i would want yeah. to say
2: about him. He he was diagnosed with cancer in i think 2013. Uh it went into remission, but he recently announced in February that it has come back. Um so he's currently on tour as sort of like a like the tour itself is sort of like a mass prayer like for 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 him and his health to try to like i don't know like increase his spiritual like, power so that he can continue his fight against cancer, which in and of itself is—I have no problem with that. That sounds like a way to do it, um, in addition to the regular, like, medical treatments that he's also getting. Um, so I i don't—but you know, we're, we're not going to—I don't want to, like, focus just on him. We're, we're going to talk about the song— I mean I can Rush Limbaugh has cancer and I can talk shit about him all day long so
0: Steve Steve I think you're feeling too guilty man look look everyone we've covered shitty artists that are even dead I think right you know what I mean like it's fine. many times over <laughs> We
2: also we also Nick and I also temper this uh with the knowledge that he he's he's most famous for songs like this which are like really f- weird novelty type songs and also straight like just you know regular Christian contemporary music, where you know it's just basically worship music. Um, but he's also known for some less than savory uh, songs. I think there was one that Nick and I watched. I proposed
1: one of the songs by Carman we cover uh, was called "America Again," uh, in which he has the line of dialogue. I... So, I say the line of dialogue, because Carman, throughout the course of his musical career, has maybe actually sung maybe 7% of all of his songs. Everything else is like spoken word, and somehow he's made a career out of this. Regardless, he says at one point, quote, when it gets to the point where people would rather come out of the closet than clean it, something's wrong with America.
0: (laughs) Yo, Carman, you better throw it in reverse, buddy. That's getting... Oh, and uh. then he had
1: he had another song called The
0: Courtroom, in
1: which he lumps um Buddha, Muhammad, and Krishna with quote, any others who succumb to death because it rhymed with Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> so he didn't like other religions either. He was virulently he was homophobic like much even in the mid 90s, which was not necessarily a bastion of tolerance for homophobia. He was he or for gay people, he was he was more homophobic than like the average person was
2: even the average religious yeah, he, person he he does sing quite a bit about uh taking america back for god uh aka the entire religious rights political strategy for like the last 20 or 30 years um and i'm not a huge fan of theocracy as a whole i feel like people aren't necessarily equipped to do it right like if jesus himself came back and was like all right i'm setting up shop It'd be like all right man you got superpowers whatever you say i'm sure i'm sure it'll be fine but like A theocracy that is run by humans is uh, never—we've tried it several times, and several countries still try it, and it never turns out well. But he
1: is superhuman, Steve. He's car man.
2: I forgot, (laughs) yes. Ever since he got hit by that car and his DNA fused with it. (laughs) But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about the goofy
0: ass— Running off the gas of
2: God. Weird platonic dialogue, like Socratic dialogue known as uh, the champion.
0: Yes. I want to hear
1: some more of this. So, yeah, so, he, he, his musical career, and I'm throwing up massive air quotes with that, spanned pretty much any genre that he could ape. Like, according to his bio, he says, quote, so how can we classify his music? Is it pop, comedy, Broadway, rap, country, rock, or soul? The answer is yes to all. However, with the song The Champion specifically, I would say it was more, and Steve, you can correct me if you disagree, that kind of saccharine almost like hair metal pop rock like the most easily digestible rock music you could have in the 80s yeah it's
2: um it's just god it's just goofy it's like there I I have to believe and I haven't I haven't listened to a lot of contemporary Christian music but I have to believe except for that one like jar of clay song that was very popular oh yes like years ago but other than that I'm, I'm not or whatever Creed is doing now but I I, I don't I don't know much of it. I have to assume that, much like all musical genres, there is bad, middle of the road, and really good. Um, so I just I just need to educate myself more, I guess. Well,
1: Carman was very unique because he he kind of the version of Christian music he played was very much like a Vegas show. It was bombastic. It was over the top. It was him kind of pompously stomping around in like a $4 suit with like dancers and reenactors. There were storytelling elements to it. He put on like a bombastic production, which is engaging in a certain sense. But and I will argue this throughout the song, but I feel like you almost have to, dilute the core messages of Christianity in order to make it palatable to a broad audience, a (laughs) broad-audience, so to speak, because the idea that I feel like that, so here's my thesis statement I will make at the top of this episode. I feel like anthropologists will look at a song like this and point to it as a specific point in time of how uniquely American you can try to make Christianity digestible because the fact that the Prince of Peace, Jesus, would get in an intergalactic boxing match where he spouts out literally like bad action movie dialogue to Satan is, I feel like, the perfect way to make Americans love Jesus.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%, Nick. Dude, people would love to see Jesus fight Lucifer like that. Are you kidding?
2: Hell yeah. Yeah, Except depending on your interpretation of events of Revelation, um, whether or not you're a pre-millennial or post-millennial in terms of your eschatology. Um, I'm just a millennial. Many, Many in the Christian right, uh, depending on what you subscribe to, read events of the end times as, like, Jesus shows up at the end of seven years of tribulation, and then he doesn't, like, raise his hands to fight. He basically, like, opens his mouth and speaks, and his words turn into knives and, like, just like blow up all of the non believers so fucking metal Jesus
0: is a savage he's just yeah, going <laughs> to like
2: he like he talks and his his words are so powerful that like satan get like blows up all blood and gut style like rambo cue guitar solo exactly but with
1: that let's get back into the song a dissection is imperative so steve i want to start back at the beginning because i think on a theological level, we might have one of the same talking points about the first stanza. And I'm just curious about that. So let's go back.
3: Yeah. In the vast expanse of a timeless place where silence ruled the outer space, ominously towering, it stood the symbol of a spirit war between the one named Lucifer and the morning star, the ultimate Good.
0: Dude, his his whole pantameter's off here, man. Like, oh, Mike, get ready for it, nine it more minutes. It just feels of like that. he's ending sentences and then still going and like, just, I mean, I don't know how you can f- you could feel move like feeling the beats here
1: because it feels like the spoken word intro before the song, but that's just how the whole song goes, <sighs> and people love it. But my argument is, I think Carman might be a secret Satanist. Because he says that this is a battle between Lucifer, and then he says, and the Morning Star, the ultimate good, which is confusing, because in the classical sense of Satan, he is referred to as the Morning Star, and yet Carman calls him the ultimate of good. So, what is he getting
2: at? I mean, the uh, the issue at hand here is that, um, depend. it all depends on what you're reading, uh, Lucifer like, the Morning Star has been used to both describe, actually, Lucifer and Jesus, depending on how you read certain sections of, you know, your Christian literature. Um, so, Have
1: we ever seen Jesus
2: and Lucifer in the same room at the same time? Y- uh, well, yes, technically. They were both in that cave when Jesus spent 40 days in the <laughs> desert to be tempted
0: by the devil. I don't know.
2: Gu- guys. Maybe Jesus
0: <laughs> is Satan, that's all I'm saying. Is there a newspaper called the Morning Star? Probably. <laughs> I just uh, no. I'm just like oh, we imagine. gotta get out.
2: We gotta get out for the evening edition.
1: Satan rocks the Morning Star, the ultimate of good. That's a hell of an endorsement. <laughs> I see.
0: <laughs> oh, now I just pictured like this press company going up against Lucifer. But you're like, all right, it's the media versus the the Satan. Come on. Well, cut. what if media is the Satan? That sounds like something Carman would actually
1: say. He's a Trump fan,
2: so the s- oh yeah, did you hear? Did you hear his the the Donald Trump Blues? Did you hear that song? No. Yeah, he did a whole song in 2016 called the Donald Trump Blues, which I clicked on to listen because it's like, well, maybe I'm wrong about him. I was not wrong about him. It was the blues in question were all about how the blues, all the libs, and the media feel about getting wrong the fact that Donald Trump got elected.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I kind of want to. I gotta listen to it. No,
1: Mike, if we pick that episode, we just have to listen to Steve scream continuously for an hour.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's why we didn't do that other America one, because I I warned you that would happen. You you did, you did. (laughs) Enveloped by a trillion
3: planets, clean as lightning and hard as granite.
0: (laughs) I've described you as that, Mike, to ladies. (laughs) Clean as lightning and... Hard as granite. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> a cosmic Coliseum would host the end of the war between the Lord of Sin and Death and the Omnipotent Creator. Yo, every single so one of
0: her- everything he this guy's doing is a run-on sentence. It's driving me nuts, man. Like the way he's talking. Like and that's usually my job. <laughs> it's- it's like, he, the way, the phrases he's using, they all just feel like it's the end of a thought, and it's, and it's not. It's I mean, like, obvi-
1: it's weird. Obviously, he became successful because his music, quote-unquote, resonated with a lot of people, but he doesn't rhyme, and like I said, maybe about actually 7% of his entire musical output involves him singing, and I don't understand necessarily what skill this takes, but once again, as I stated way in the beginning christian music fans just kind of have to suffer through that
2: and at least with the charlie daniels band you hear you you hear much the same thing someone having some sort of contest with the devil and they're not really singing they're speaking through the whole thing but even then it's like catchy you know like there's music and like the fiddle playing it's not just like outer space stock film (laughs) stock music
1: but I feel like this is supposed to like set. This is supposed to lay the scene. It's a cosmic coliseum surrounded by trillions of planets, which, under normal circumstances, I would say sounds pretty cool. However, I don't remember. I my my uh my Bible study is a little rusty. It's been a while since I was a, a little me- good Methodist boy. But I don't remember a cosmic coliseum hosted by God in which uh,
0: Satan and Jesus are about to box.
2: Uh Yo, I believe I believe
0: it's called uh Fenway Park. What, gotcha. What do you guys think the odds would have been during the match? You know what I mean? Do you think there was a, an over under on on Lucifer or uh or on or on JC himself? I
2: mean, the uh, the only people <laughs> betting would be the demons, Mike, because gambling is illegal and immoral.
0: Yes, <laughs> no. gambling is a sin. Throwing lots is a sin. That's fucked, man. What if you need to just make an extra few bucks for the house and you're like, well, hopefully God wins or else it doesn't matter anyway. Hey,
2: I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, That's just how things go in the minds of the Christian right. You just have to live a physical secular life by the rules of a 6,000-year-old text, no matter what. I'm sorry.
0: Well, well, can I just go, can I gamble, make all the money, and then get born again?
1: Depending on depending on how far back we go in terms of Christian laws, you could gamble to get enough money to buy indulgences from the Vatican to then forgive you for the sin of gambling.
0: God, it's almost as if, like I said before, people are bad at managing religion. <laughs> guys, I thought excommunication was the most genius thing they came up with. Like, guys, I, I, I fucked up, but I really don't want to die. Why don't you just... <laughs> why don't you just kick me out (laughs) that's the tagline for excommunication for when you fucked up but don't want
1: to (laughs) die yeah alright but the song continues
3: between the lord of sin and death and the omnipotent creator of man's first breath who will decide who forever will be the champion
1: oh fuck yeah Oh. So that's kind of the preamble. That's supposed to get you hyped for what you're about to see. And to be honest, I could I can understand why this would be popular with like youth Christian groups, like having kids like kind of reenact this because it makes like I said, the annoying thing is about, the annoying thing I find about this is it's an attempt to make the story of Jesus and Satan more palatable and easily digestible for people. But I feel like it does that at the cost of totally distorting the entire message of what Jesus would teach in which he literally is getting into a boxing match with Satan
0: or am I wrong so well I'm hardly a Christian scholar Nick you gotta think of it like this okay Jesus says treat others how how they'd want to be treated or how you'd want to be treated maybe maybe Jesus is a fan of boxing and he figured he knows Lucifer won't care Lucifer's all all down for that all right but we got the
1: preamble out of the way let's let's kind of kick into the song now Oh
3: The audience for the fight of the age was assembled and in place. The angels came in splendor from a star. The saints that had gone before were there—Jeremiah, Enoch, Job. They were singing the song of Zion on David's heart.
1: Oh, also, in case you haven't realized, rhyming is also an afterthought in this.
2: I just—I just had this like as soon as that—that that music kicked in, I was just like rising up on the third day. Took my time, showed my nail wounds.
1: I guess, actually, now that I think about it, I haven't thought of it this way, but is this song more acceptable if you just kind of think of it as Christian fan fiction? Anything does. A.K.A. the Book of Mormon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's kind of now saying, okay, it's an intergalactic arena, and like Job is there, and angels came from a star. He doesn't specify, but probably not the Morning Star. But everyone's there, everyone's assembling. God called a boxing. I guess God called the boxing match in this case. I don't know what precipitated all of this. They doesn't. Oh really man, get into that. that's those rules are hardly fair. You can't have your dad
2: be the promoter.
0: <laughs> that's of what the I was match.
1: gonna say, and by proxy. <laughs> in that the father son and holy ghost are all the same it's kind of jesus overseeing his own boxing match which is already rigged you wouldn't think jesus would be a cheater but i guess that goes to show you you can't trust jesus well
0: I, you know someone say that audio <laughs> i can never run from you heard of the it office here now here first on the santos report nick's, ladies and gentlemen you nick's can't s- trust
2: jesus nick's autobiography one day i'm sure will be titled nick brigadier edging toward blasphemy <laughs>
1: it's just a wholesome photo of me sitting on a chair with my fingers interlaced between my legs as I like kind of squat and look like you know wholesome and reassuring edging towards blasphemy
0: that also sounds like satanic porn I was just thinking like, ed- edging to blasphemy oh my god but I, I always have weird
2: thoughts like that when it comes to when it comes to my faith and theology it's like does Jesus have a sense of humor about himself cause like people who don't have a sense of humor about jesus call it blasphemy like they they put a name to it so that they can like accuse people of it but does jesus himself has
0: a, like have a what's his line when it comes to blasphemy does he have a sense of humor about himself do i don't i don't think you hang up on a cross bleeding out and don't get a sense of humor about you got to have some closure up there you know what i mean like
2: that's a, just up there he turns he turns to the thief next to him and goes hot day huh <laughs> I think the
1: reason we don't know what Jesus did in his twenties was because he was taking u c b classes we just Nick. cut we just cut to him when he's thirty three <clears throat> and I think that they just kind of wanted to cross out all of his you know forays into comedy that maybe just didn't cut listen just because he's Jesus doesn't mean he's good at everything you know some people can't initiate a scene. <laughs>
3: arrived defensive and vile, cursing and blaspheming God, followed by their trophies, dead and gone. Hitler, Napoleon, Pharaoh, Capone, tormented and vexed and grieved, waiting for their yeah.
2: Okay, I'd, I'd oh, like to talk... I
3: have a lot to say I'd, about that.
2: I'd like to talk about his grouping of, of bad people, so... <laughs> So he has this whole list of people of, like, all these people that—all these bad people that died and, like, are on Satan's side, and they're, de- they're like, having fun with demons and stuff. Hitler, okay, check. I'm with you so far. Always a Napoleon. safe response. Yeah, Napoleon, okay, depending on certain readings of, like, uh, evangelical, uh, uh, like, end times writing— Uh, there's like a number of antichrists hitler was one of them napoleon was another or no it's not that it's nostradamus has like three different antichrists napoleon is one of them okay sure he like he spun the world into like the first real world war that had ever existed so that was he wanted
0: he wanted france to be everywhere man yeah bad
2: bad (laughs) dude okay i'm with you so far pharaoh very general, but I understand where you're coming from, <laughs> theologically speaking. I mean, would um, that
1: just be Ramses the Second? Is that the only? Because he, yeah, pharaoh. It's like yeah. he said, king.
2: Yeah. Um, so, but he's probably referring to uh, to Ramses, and so I'm uh, oh, sorry, Ramses the Second. So, so yeah, okay, I'm with you so far. Al Capone. Look, I'm not suggesting Al Capone's a saint here. But, I mean, if you're looking for, like, four—who are four really bad dudes that are exactly in the same tier with each other? (laughs) Hitler, Napoleon, Pharaoh,
0: this guy from Chicago. Hey, hey, he didn't pay his taxes, Steve. That's probably the most blasphemous thing you can do. That's why he got caught anyway. Wait,
1: Mike. The church doesn't pay. The church doesn't pay taxes, Mike. That's the most blasphemous yeah. thing you can do. You're saying? <laughs>
2: yeah. That's the most virtuous thing you can do is get out of paying secular American good old fashioned
0: taxes. He Capone thought he was above the church. Listen, the only people not paying taxes is the church, apparently. Right? So, I'm just how saying, dare how dare Capone think he's at that level? There's gotta be a fourth there's gotta be a much closer fourth tier guy. And he there. doesn't even
1: need to rhyme it. He literally could have picked whatever the fuck he wanted to.
0: Uh, I think he was just like shit, who else maybe he just couldn't think of anyone else famous. <laughs> <laughs> he needs um, he needs also this massive public to know who he's talking about. I guess so. So that's but, why like, it's Pharaoh. He couldn't say a specific one. He just said Pharaoh because people know what pharaohs are. He has are. no faith he, in his audience. He, uh, yeah, yeah, which is ironic. It's very ironic. Yeah, but he's and like, he, oh, Capone. Yeah, people know he killed people. They'll know what I'm talking about. He's a famous gangster. Fuck it.
1: So imagine it's, Al Capone <laughs> in outer space next to Satan. Because that's the, that's the the scene that Carman is laying out. And I'm kind of here for
0: it. If that's somebody who's betting on the match, it's going to be <laughs> Al Capone. <laughs> right. Chopping on a cigar. <laughs> Let's see what happens next. Then a chill swept through the mammoth crowd, and the
3: demons squealed with glee as a soaring vulgar, repulsive <laughs> essence Who arrogant, hands held high, draped in a trout. trolled by demons. Satan ascended from hell. Ah,
1: uh, uh, I kind of like that entrance though. Right now I'm Team Satan, but I'm, I'm
2: open-minded. I'll see how it turns out. Bas- basically, the Undertaker. Yes, he's he's <laughs> he's he's, ent- he's like I'm the Undertaker. I'm gonna steal the Undertaker's entrance,
0: <laughs> only with Al Capone next to him. <laughs> Satan's rolling his eyes back in his head, just like all right. But let's see what happens next. Satan ascended
3: from hell. Then Satan cringed the sinners groaned. The- well of power like silent thunder roll. With a surge of light beyond intense, illuminating the universe in resplendent glory appeared the sun of God. <laughs>
2: Okay. Alright. Um back to uh, this is actually not wildly off topic. Back to my wrestling uh <laughs> metaphors. If anyone wants uh if anyone's having a hard time envisioning these two entrances, um I can't remember if it was WrestleMania 27 or 26. I think it was 26. Go watch the Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker match at WrestleMania 26, I want to say it is, or 27, because they do two. They do one one year and then a follow-up the next year. But in that first one, they really pushed home the light versus dark thing. So like Undertaker came out, darkness, gong sounds, a bunch of satanic priests in robes, lightning flashing he appears from underneath the ring like he's coming out of hell and then Shawn michaels entrance is him dressed entirely in white with like like an an elvis presley suit but like completely white tassels everywhere and he's actually being he's descending from the top of the rafters in like a scissor forklift while a bright light shines and heavenly music plays exactly this they totally did it Go watch it, and you'll know what what he's trying to what he's trying to push on. I'm going to
0: watch this later. I Do
2: you think see this. Carman actually inspired WrestleMania
1: with this song?
2: <gasps> no, almost certainly okay. not. <laughs> Though I will say, Shawn Michaels is a born again Christian, so he might be familiar with Carman. No kidding.
3: Then a persona, yes, extraordinaire, appeared in center ring. God the Father will oversee. But why is this day? happening? I don't
1: understand what set this event off. Doesn't Don't God and Jesus have better things to be doing right now? There's, there could be a genocide happening on Earth right now while they're boxing.
0: You know what this sounds like to me? So it sounds like... Uh, so I feel like Lucifer is like one little kid who goes over to the other little kid's house, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the other little kid's a spoiled brat, right? Who's was like, all right, we're, we're playing my game. We're going to play a boxing match. <laughs> um, I'm going to fight you. I'm also going to be... I'm going to be the judge. Okay? All my stuffed animals are lined up and they're they're really nice looking. I'm going to give you all the shitty looking ones that are awful. <laughs> okay? You come on in and um and I'm going to I'm going to run this whole thing. So, Mike, did you have similar experience? I know you have siblings. Did you have similar experiences <laughs> yeah. with this growing up? It's just the imagination of this, man. Just like <laughs> I'm going to oversee the duel and fight you at the same time. It just it, like you were saying earlier, Nick, it's not fair. It's, it's not fair. I'm team same tec- right now.
2: Technically speaking, God also created the devil. So God God is technically Lucifer's father as well.
0: That's but true. not in the same sense. But Lucifer isn't God. No. Correct. Yeah. Yes. I mean God's in all of us and everything as they say, which makes me think, I mean honestly, besides God is my broskyism, which is Mike's religion. My my, my own religion. Uh I also feel like God, ex- God exploded-ism. I mean, just God exploded. That's that's what made <laughs> the universe. That was it.
2: God, God weir- was the Big Bang.
0: <laughs> God exploded is the weirdest
2: line I've ever read in an erotic novel. Oh, my. Okay, forget what I said about edging toward blasphemy. That is, the, that is no longer the title of his autobiography. The new title of Nick's autobiography is Blasphemy, 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 The Nick Brigadier Story.
1: Or just, oh God, oh God. No!
2: I get cold easily. Here I come, hell. The Nick Brigadier Story.
1: My goal by the end of this episode is to make Satan seem like the least satanic person involved in
2: this episode.
0: Oh, shoot.
2: So you're, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Yes. So you're literally playing devil's advocate. In this case, yes. you are literally, literally the, devil's being being the devil's
1: advocate. The duel
3: Opening the book of life, each grandstand hushed in awe,
2: as majestically he said, "Now here's <laughs> No rabbit punches, no hitting below the belts. No kidney punches. <laughs> You'll be wounded for their transgression.
3: When he said, by his stripes they're healed, the devil shunk. He screams, This is my specialty. I hate that healing junk. God said, shut your face i wrote the book
1: <laughs> first off um i believe that was taken from um leviticus that quote when god said you shut your face i wrote the book second yeah. off i've seen a few performances of Carman performing the song live the audience loses their goddamn mind <laughs> that
0: line yeah Go fuck on. yeah god I'm telling you, I'm even loving it, man. I think that you shut your face. I wrote the book, Mike.
1: You love that because you are a true blue American, and Carman is just really like hitting that point over the whole fist bumping. This is where the audience would bring their concealed carry weapons and shoot them in the air. You got them right,
0: God. You give it to them. Oh, fuck, man.
1: Actually, wait. Hang on. I'm, I, I have a live performance. I'm going to try to find where that line comes in.
3: <laughs> when he said, By his stripes, they're healed, the devil shook. He screamed, Sickness is my specialty. I hate that God said, You shut your face. I wrote the book.
2: I could totally imagine God doing that. Yeah, God, give it. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> I'm just imagining, like a, oh, I don't know, just like a monk in an abbey in the middle of Italy somewhere, just watching this, just slack jawed, because this is, this is wild. This is absolutely wild. You shut your face. I wrote the book. You fucking piece of shit, <laughs> Friar Angelo. Friar Angelo, look what I found on YouTube. <laughs> They only get a signal at the very top of the abbey. All right, so Satan has had his face shut, and God continues.
3: Then the father looked at his only son and said, you know the rules. Your blood will cleanse their sin and calm their fears. Then he pointed his finger at Satan and said, and I know you know the rules. You've been twisting them to deceive my people.
0: I know God went over to Jesus, though, and got in his ear and said, "Don't you fucking let me down. Don't you fuck this up. You, you don't."
1: Oh, the irony of God telling <laughs> Jesus to not forsake Him. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable.
2: <laughs> Through the eye of the needle, it's the thrill of the fight. <laughs> Satan cried, "I'll kill you, Christ. You will never meet this fight." The demons
3: wheezed. You're made, Jesus. I'm bust
1: you another direct quote from i believe that is i don't know if it's revelations i think um i'll bust you up quote unquote satan
2: yeah it's i think it's from uh uh i think it's from like second ephesians i'm sorry uh, uh the president was right two ephesians yes um I think it's something from there. I think, dude.
0: When are we gonna have a Jesus Satan rap battle? Because this sounds like we're just real close to that. It's Carmen, just a, lot of, a lot of insults being thrown around. Carmen did go into rap. He
1: has rap <laughs> songs. He honestly did go into every genre, and his he had a, he had an album called "Addicted to Jesus," which was his quote unquote urban album.
0: And I'm addicted, addicted to Jesus. Simple plans. Mike, that, that's so much mister. better. <laughs>
1: Although for him it'd be, I'm trying to forget that I'm addicted to Jesus. Boom, bam, 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 boom, bam, Uh So there's plenty of other Carman songs we can do in the future if you, if the, if the, uh, if the champion doesn't quite satisfy your craving for Carman.
3: Jesus said, "Go ahead,
2: make my day." <laughs> oh, wow! ah, I love it. <laughs> Guys, you know how, like, when you're watching Dirty Harry movies and Clint Eastwood points a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun around, at some dirty perp's face, and you just watch it and you just silently wish to yourself, man, I wish Jesus was doing that instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's the second
1: biggest line a live audience does for him.
3: Satan jeered. You're a Jesus said, go ahead make my day. Well! Uh,
1: the Jesus al- knows his quotes! <laughs> <laughs> the alleged Prince of Peace is also, uh, as Steve said, Clint Eastwood-esque badass. But I mean, if you... My, Mike, I, I feel like I don't know if this is an argument you would make, but if you turn off the rational part of your brain, and you kind of let the reptile part of your brain expand a little bit, this song is hitting all the right marks.
0: Nick, that's why I tell you, sometimes you gotta let that reptile brain come through once in a while. It's a good time. The part like, that allows
1: yeah. <laughs> critical thinking in, just just cut it out.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: Jesus, kick his ass!
2: Dave Coulier, should, what, what should we do in that situation? Cut it out, okay.
1: <laughs> Thou shalt wipe the floor with his face! All
3: right. Jesus said, Go ahead, make my day.
1: This is the montage part where you see Jesus jogging through Philadelphia, punching
2: the air. I'm getting a. Based on the cosmic aspect of all this, I'm actually no longer getting a Rocky vibe. I'm getting a distinctly Dragon Ball Z vibe from this whole thing.
1: He's going to throw like, a I'm Holy Spirit bomb.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm just expecting, like, instead of, like, throwing fists, they're just, like, uh, to cross-pollinate my different pop culture references. They're like Thanos in Infinity War, just throwing moons at each other. Okay, I would kind of you... watch
0: that. Jesus' hair gets all spiky and he becomes Holy Spirit form. In the name of the Father! <laughs> he becomes Super Savior.
2: <laughs> trying to think of a... I can keep playing, Steve, tr- if you want to think of more no, Dragon Ball say, Z. I was, I was trying to think of a, of a sacred like number that I could do instead of... Oh, it's over 9,000! It's over
1: 144,000!
2: <laughs> That's what I was looking for, thank you. Oh, so, oh no what some someone's gonna get sued <laughs> for which part oh. da, 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 da. <laughs> you can't just you can't just you can't just do that car man maybe he paid the proper royalties bill Conti is gonna be very upset the bell the crowd the fight was
3: hard, and the devil tricks he came undone. He threw his jabs of hate and lust, a stab of pride and envy.
0: But the hands that knew no sin blocked everyone. Come on, Jesus, you like it. You want it. Come on, I know you want it.
2: <laughs> I to not spoil the ending of this song, the fight does after like eight and a half minutes of buildup, the fight is the very definition of anticlimactic.
0: Just like, oh, uh, whose sex life are we going after here? That's, that's like... well, I, think, Nobody. I think
2: God's has come up the most, so. But, like, you're expecting, like, after all this buildup, some sort of, it's like every, uh, what is that guy in the UFC? Connor, um oh, crap, what's his name? Connor
1: Gra- Oh, fuck. Yes, the, the most well-known UFC fighter. And why can't I think of his yeah. name?
2: Uh, I can't yeah. Wait. So like every Wait, hang every on, Steve, like... I'm
1: going to look it up so you don't sound dumb when I edit this together. <laughs> okay, excellent. Actually my friend
2: my friend Andy actually I talked, I, friend, I talked to him last night. My friend talked to him last night. Yeah, Connor Burgerer. I was talking to my friend Andy last night and he was like screaming at me through the episode when I couldn't remember the di- the word diegetic music. Yeah. And he was just like screaming at me through the through his headphones like it's diegetic, Steve. Just say diegetic. So it's a good thing you kept me correcting myself. But yeah, it cut all that part out um so conor it's like every conor mcgregor uh, match where like he just like spits at people during the pre-match like press conference and throws tables and water bottles at everyone and then ends up like knocking the guy out in 3 seconds everyone paid like thousands of dollars to come see it and he just like knocks the shit out of someone and it's done and then everyone has to go home
1: so you're saying in this case
2: jesus is the drunken spitting red-headed irishman no because that's still we'll keep going. Because that's not even what happens.
1: Yes, yeah. There, Mike, uh, there is a slight little twisterino that happens, and we're getting to it right now. Forty days and nights
0: they fought,
3: and Satan
0: Fuck you, Carmen. Why is C- it gotta C- be Capone's? Like, do do we have to stay for the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, now because like, when do you take your bathroom breaks? Because you know you, you don't want to miss anything.
2: Hey Capone, where are you going? I'm sorry, Napoleon. I've just lost all my enthusiasms for this fight. It's going on too long. Gosh, you missed—you missed the missed good part of the show. I'm sorry, Hitler. I gotta go. I ran out of icy. I gotta get another icy. I'll come back twenty days in and see what's going on. I'm... Someone get him a Louisville Slugger.
1: Oh my god, if it was like a if it was more like a WWE <laughs> match and like different like tact, like like Al Capone could come out from under the mat with like a baseball bat and hand it to Satan to just like start beating Jesus with Boo. it.
2: Boo. Boo. The ramp is blind!
1: <laughs> oh open your eyes, God! Open your goddamn eyes! Open your your damn <laughs> eyes! That would be more entertaining. Uh, 40 days of this sounds terrible. Oh, and Satan couldn't touch him.
3: Now the final blow was saved for the final round. Prophetically, Christ's hands came down and Satan struck in vengeance. The blow of death fell Jesus to the ground.
1: The end. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. You can nick. Uh, No, there's five
2: minutes left. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievably, there's five. There's not five. No, we're like two-thirds through it. There's only 15 minutes left. So, yeah, 40 days and 40 nights, Satan punched himself out because Jesus was untouchable. Wait. But also never threw a punch in response.
0: I thought he I thought he punched Jesus and Jesus fell. Yeah, Jesus just fell. Yeah.
2: But after 40 days and 40 nights, he, he punched himself out, but got tired from punching and hitting nothing. And then Jesus just let his guard down and let himself get punched in the face. Ah. Uh, because he knows the game is rigged because he's coming back in three days. <laughs> He's going to take a long weekend, but he'll be back.
0: Yo, oh, th- that's, you know, this game was very... Why, God wasn't doing the 10 count. He was doing the real slow 10 count when he went down. Like, oh, no. Nick keep, <laughs> Nick, keep playing. There's a 10 count, Mike.
3: The devils roared in victory. The saints shocked and perplexed as wounds appeared upon his hands and feet. Then Satan kicked him in his side and blood water flowed and they waited for the 10 count of defeat god the father turned his head his tears announcing christ was dead
2: okay i saw oh, now well, he rhymes now he's about- now he's <laughs> rhyming When did Dr. Seuss get back in here? Yeah, now he became fucking Dr. (laughs) Seuss.
0: Okay, just because he rhymed doesn't make him Dr. Seuss. Lots of songwriters rhyme. That's a a Seuss rhyme if I ever heard one. I
2: agree with Mike in this case. That was a very Seussian rhyme. It just has that kind of cadence.
1: Also, I've read the line, the witch, in the wardrobe. I know this part. Aslan comes back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Jesus was the lion. Oh, my God us, Lewis, you beautiful bastard, you've done it again.
3: His tears announcing Christ was dead. The ten count would proclaim the battle's end. Then Satan trembled through his sweat in unexpected horror. Yet, as God
2: started the count by saying, Ten.
3: Hey, hey wait a
2: minute, God. Nine. Okay, hold on. No that whoever that whoever that devil is that's saying that is absolutely correct god is in fact counting wrong who counts the 10 count in a boxing match starting at 10 going to 1 god is a, a terrible countdown. ref god is not a good referee god is a pro wrestling referee it's not even a boxing match he's a pro wrestling referee
0: this is a boxing match not a nasa launch god come on come on god get your shit together <laughs> I think God—okay,
1: since this was rigged, obviously, because God is kind of Jesus, and he knew that Jesus was going to come back, just for dramatic tension, he did it backwards, I feel like, which is a little—I don't know. It's uncalled
2: for. It's rubbing it in to Satan. Also, he's he's been very slavish to the whole—like, the whole 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, the fight takes the amount of time that Jesus is tempted by the devil in the desert. Like, he's very slavish to the biblical stories that he's using to tell this, but then he gets to the end— And he does a straight—not even a straight—but he does a ten count instead of a three count. Like, follow through on your own internal, like uh, uh, your own internal logic here for your song.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) because he should have done the three count for the three days you're saying.
2: Exactly. Like he was completely slavish to this form the whole time, and then at the end he just gave up and he was like, "No, it's a real boxing match, except it's not because I don't know how counts work."
0: I know it's more of a Moses thing, but man, he probably could have. Made some jabs at, like, the Ten Commandments while he's doing the ten count. I
1: thought when you said it was a Moses thing, you're going to say, and he counted for 40 years. <laughs> but, Steve, you should know, obviously, for a storytelling nine purpose. Nine and a
0: half,
1: <laughs> nine and three quarters. <laughs> like, from a dramatic perspective, It's it, counting from ten is more chance to get an audience hyped. Three is over too fast.
2: I I just I thought it was a boxing match. I didn't know Jesus and the Devil were having an old fashioned last man standing pro wrestling match because that really ty- it really kind of seems like what we've de- what we've developed this to be. <laughs> oh, it started as, it started as, it. as
1: twenty deities in a boxing ring, but like Vishnu got knocked out, Wotan got knocked out, Thor got knocked out, and now
2: just Jesus. No, no, and- no, that's that's a battle royal, a last man standing match. Nick is two combatants. Uh fighting, there's no there's no um pins, there's no submissions. You can only win or lose by 10 count, by count out. You have to beat your opponent so badly they cannot physically respond to a 10 count. Um and I just feel like this whole time his he's got his whole sports metaphor wrong this entire time. Based on the entrances based on the type of match they seem to be having, based on the 10 count at the end, based on the outside interference, based on how badly God is at refereeing, this is a professional wrestling match. This is not a boxing match.
0: How are they going to keep the viewers for next year if they have such poor production quality? You're right, you're right, Steve. They, they, this <laughs> God sports needs to really amp it up. Also,
2: also you have fucking uh, the, the main boxing announcer that everyone uses, Michael Buffer. Is it Buffet? Buffett? Is it Michael Buffett or Buffer? I think it's Buffer. But his first name's Michael. You did this whole thing, and you didn't have the Archangel Michael starting the match by saying, Let's get ready to rumble! Oh. Although for God, God, would it be... Steve, you're so yeah. right!
1: <laughs> I should
2: write this song.
1: Yeah, Steve, rewrite this 35-year-old song. All right, but the count continues. Ten.
3: Hey, wait a minute, God. Nine. Nine. Seven. His fingers are twitching. Six. Where's this light coming from? Five. He's alive. Four. Oh,
1: no. oh yeah. He has won. Six. He has won. He's alive forever. He is risen. He is the Lord. That right there was the best moment in music history. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a last man standing match. It's... That is how you build that is how you build a last man standing match. You beat them to within an inch of their life, and then they slowly answer to the ten count and get to their feet at like one and a half. Mike, you
1: look like your That's mind. How you build Mike, it. you look like your mind has been blown. But it
0: doesn't mean he wins. Did he blast the devil? Did he knock the devil down for 10 count? You know what I mean? Like just because he gets up. He's going to be all woozy and stuff, but like, he's... <laughs> yeah, f- he's lost a lot of blood and water, it said. I just... I don't understand how he's won. He, he, didn't, he just got off. just because
2: you're not a real Christian, Mike. You don't understand that by the sheer virtue of the fact that he uh, resurrected himself, he has conquered death and sin... Uh, and he doesn't actually need to fight anymore because the battle's already won.
0: But by the rules that God laid out, I want not... to see Jesus punch him in the face with righteousness, man. What am that's I going gonna... to?
2: That's what I'm saying. At the like, at the very bare minimum of effort, he could have structured his narrative better. Like, God, not even getting into the goofiness of the whole thing. The song is not narratively structured well. He jumps back and forth between different types. It's a boxing match, but it feels more like a wrestling match. And then at a certain point, he just completely does away with his own internal consistency and does the count wrong and then
0: doesn't finish the actual match. Or, Or even this, if you didn't want Jesus to throw a punch because he's Jesus... So he comes back, right? He's twitching, his he's rumbling, he's getting back up, right? He's got the he's got the light coming from his fingertips, and he and he grips back to his feet at, at one in this great explosion of light and justness and righteousness and all the Come good in the me. world. Come on, yes, yeah. And then he just Blasts, just blasts him with this overpowering presence, causing Satan to faint. And th- he's down for the 10 count. That's That would make way more fucking sense. And then Jesus throws a Pokeball.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you cut. And captures Satan, and then throws the Pokeball in the lake of fire for all eternity. This has been he, he be Nick, Mike, and Steve too. make video game, anime, <laughs> cartoon, comic book, wrestling references about Jesus for an hour and a half. The podcast. Well,
1: there is still a little bit of a coda at the end of this. He has four.
2: I guess, just because. The
0: welterweight (laughs) champion of the universe, Jesus Christ!
2: Hey, now, Mike, you know as well as I do that Jesus punches above his weight
0: class. (laughs) (laughs)
2: But, of course, Satan is not defeated because in order for
1: there to be essentially a Christian religion, there has to be an antagonist to Jesus. There has to be a heaven and a hell... If Jesus defeated and there's no hell... He
0: needs a heel. You always need a good heel. You need for a, a good, good... heel.
1: That's, that's, that's the most
2: clear point of this song. You... Again, he just got the sports metaphor wrong. Yeah. And he ran with it all the way to... like. Uh, I just can't... I can't abide a lack of a consistent metaphor. I just can't abide it. That's the greatest sin of this song.
1: <laughs> lack of consistent <laughs> metaphors. And also no fucking singing. I like the ends. <laughs> <But>.
0: <laughs> Mike's glowing review of the song. I like the end. He uh, he put on multiple voices. You know he was he was committed, I guess. But oh yeah, probably <laughs> the, the demon voices were a lot of fun. I liked his demon voices. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're counting wrong. <laughs> yeah, <was> the only... <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um,
1: Yo, Asmodee's right. He's totally counting wrong. <laughs> But that is the champion by Carman. That was his first like big hit and it's still probably his most well-known song. Uh but that is that is apparently a perennial classic in a lot of Christian circles. Uh despite the lack of internal narrative cohesion.
2: I am um, I I taught or assisted uh, a CCD class um which uh, for those who who don't know is a class that, like, a Catholic church, in this case, a Catholic church, uh, would give to people who went to public school, so it's kind of like yeah. Sunday. Like, you would you would go, like, you can't go to the Catholic school, or you can't go to the private school, but you want to still give your child a, like, religious education, you go to take a CCD class, and I was uh, teaching one, or I was the assistant to the teacher, and uh, it was Catholic, so it was boring as hell, but <laughs> I don't know what's worse. I don't know if boring is worse than if like someone had to like sit through all like something cringe, cringy like this or not.
0: Uh, it's yeah. hard. I just can't tell what's it, worse. It was at my CCD class. I'll never forget this. I'm not going to say how old I was, but it was at my 29. CCD class when um, the CCD teacher we had a, told us all Santa Claus wasn't real, and we had a we had a, a group think about that. That <laughs> was, does sound like group think to me. <laughs> Santa's not real. Discuss. Cut to a bunch of four-year-olds. <laughs> Just like I was like, whoa. <laughs> Although I did love CCD because there was like, uh, there was snack time right when you got there.
2: Yeah, but you can say that about like I loved <laughs> I loved playing uh, I like playing on my soccer on my uh, 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 Parks and Rec soccer league because we all got Icy's at the end. Mike,
1: <laughs> Heaven's Gate had snack time. That's all I'm saying. It's like snack time is the easiest part of any gathering. Oh, my God,
0: Nick. Nick.
2: (laughs) I tried to gloss over it. I really did.
0: Oh, my God.
2: And on that note, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Yes, thank you. Um, If you – I don't think Nick's allowed – Nick's in a timeout. Nick's in the Song Topsy timeout box right now. Uh, And uh, so, yes, thank you for listening to this week's episode. I actually don't remember the spiel that Nick gives, so I'm going to take him out of timeout so that he can give it.
1: Tag back in. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can check us out um, at DapperDevilProductions.com. We're always posting fun stuff on our various social media pages, so check them out there. Uh, And you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at NickBrigadier and Mr. Mike Russell.
2: Back in the box, Nick. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yes, you can find me. I'm with Capone uh, on my Instagram at mrmikerussell.com. That's mrmar.dot. And uh, yeah, like Nick said, just uh, check out our stuff. Why don't you send in some song suggestions to uh, to us? Some of uh, your favorite bizarre, noteworthy, or terrible music. And um, regarding the the great J.C. and and Satan battles, why don't you tell us one way you'd like to hear a like a dialogue song about a battle between Jesus and Satan and some other events. Is it a chess match? Would it be a LARPing competition? Is it a track and field? <laughs> you tell us. A, tra-
2: a tractor pull. A,
0: tra-
2: <laughs> a monster truck rally.
1: Oh, I would love to see that.
2: Uh, hey and yeah. Steve, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at your man Trollo. You can find me on my website, uh, and on the Dapper Devil Productions website as well, uh, links to various projects and activities. Um, and, uh, yes, uh, I don't have a thing to say further that Mike and Nick usually have to say. <laughs> and that's fine, Steve. Uh, and on that note, guys, thank you so much for
1: joining us this week. I am Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I feel the need to get some religion. <laughs> <laughs> And we will see you next week. Take care.